You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Jesse Hughes of Eagles of Death Metal was very, very, very interesting because <laughs> we did that one in his house. And like midway through the episode, his uh, cat decides to jump on top of this PA speaker that he has in his living room for his karaoke uh, IG live streams and just knocks this PA speaker into the TV, completely destroys the TV. <laughs> you hear everything, like, pff, this explosion and during the middle of the episode. Oh, shit. Like, what do I do? Do I go help him? Do I go touch the cat? Like, what is this? And then, uh, yeah, is the cat fine? And I, <laughs> I you know, we he went, cleaned up a little, and just sat right back down and jumped right back into it. Like, nothing had happened. <laughs> and I'm still sitting there like, what? And he's like, yeah, because I was saying this, that, that. I'm like, oh, all right. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, brought to you by Sound Talent Media. I hope you've been having a great week so far. I most certainly have been. Before we jump into today's episode, I'd just like to ask you to follow the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast on the podcast platform of your choice. But more than that, I'd also like you to rate it and write a review, because when you do that, more metalheads just like yourself will be able to discover the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. And that will be something that I would truly appreciate. Now, on today's episode, I'm with one of the original metal and beer podcasters. It's crazy that it's taken me this long to get him onto the podcast, but I'm very stoked that I have. But more than that, we did a two-part crossover episode, and what you are listening to right now is the first part of that crossover. This is Vox and Hops episode number 258 with Eddie Torres of the RRBG podcast. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everyone? Today, I'm with Eddie Torres of the RRBG podcast. Uh, very stoked to be with you because uh, you are basically the predecessor of what I do with Vox and Hops. So, so I was very much looking forward to hooking up with you and having a conversation with you. Um, I'm I'm stoked. I'm stoked. Let's start with an easy question. How are you doing, Eddie? I'm good, man. I mean, all things considered. Uh, wishing I could go to a live show. I, I just yesterday had my anniversary of not going to a show. So feeling it a little extra this weekend. So I got like six drinks in front of me. <laughs> most excellent yeah. what was that last gig I, I saw the post so i know it is and i honestly think that it was one of my last gigs too yeah i think they were one of the last tour packages to be on the road but it was cult of luna uh intro knot and emma ruth rundle what a cool package that was eclectic what a great night overall it was uh f the first tour of Intronaut with uh, uh a, n a new drummer um mm -hmm. which was interesting to me because i mean those those are my homeboys i mean i've been there from day one with them and it was uh it was odd to be like let's let's see what it sounds like with someone new in the in the drum kit but it was still great you know they're, they're still a very talented band and uh super tight so can't go wrong after that point everything just obviously went to shit yeah so, so not for them, but for, for the world, the and, world. <laughs> it's all their fault. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, so let's, let's talk about that. Let's talk about how you coped with this glorious year of 2020, which is now behind us. 
Well, man, I mean, 2020 was rough, obviously, for everyone. And uh, I, I've had a lot of internal battles during this time, a lot of mental battles of what am I doing? Am I, you know, I, I wanted to make the show grow because I figured this is a perfect time to, I started doing video during the mm. pandemic. I didn't have video before. It was just audio. And, uh, I then, you know, like three or four into them, I'm like, why wasn't I doing this before? What? <laughs> why was this? <laughs> I'm so stupid. Uh, it's so much better having the video. Um, but yeah, just trying to ramp up the, the, the episodes I did. I did some, hanging out which i shouldn't have done I, I didn't catch the virus or anything but i did end up you know how do you turn down an opportunity to hang out with someone like a dj lethal you know what i mean like it was the pandemic but i got an email and they're like hey come down to the studio take some pictures maybe do an episode i'm like yeah okay <laughs> fuck it i'll wear a, i'll wear a mask uh let's let's yeah. go and you know thankfully i got out of there you know no virus free uh but it, it, i shouldn't have risked it anyway it was it was uh you know i shouldn't have done that but it was a good opportunity. So I did that and just also just working on a number of different projects that I'm trying to get off the ground and combating this desire to create with the depression of like, what for? Because of the pen, there's no point. Like, what are we doing? Um, so yeah, it, it, that's, that was 2020 in a nutshell for sure. Wow. Well, it sounds, sounds like you, you, uh, got through it. We're, we're moving forward. Uh, Vox and hops is all about hanging out with my metal friends talking about their lives, music and craft beer. You mentioned you have a, a whole lineup there, but what are we going to start with tonight, Eddie? Well, I already have this open cause I was drinking it as I was setting up, but this is a Carl Strauss and modern times collaboration, uh, mosaic o Oasis IPA. And it is a seven percenter but uh i'm almost done with it so i'm gonna just probably plow through that real quick and then open up this uh mother earth flawless imperfection hazy ipa uh trying to represent some of the california brands now that i'm out here and not in florida uh, i used to be all about cool. florida beer but i like the label on this one it's pretty nice right it is cool yeah. um but yeah i mean i you know i have a lot of beer stories eight years in the industry if uh, you want to talk about beer <laughs> we're definitely going to talk about beer on my side i'm going to be enjoying a kanawaki brewing companies this is their minotaur and all of their can art is always uh, cool. mythol mythological beasts and uh i've actually never had this one i don't think uh, this is a seven percent as well hazy ipa a new england ipa shout out to drew their head brewer he's an excellent human I'm going to crack this. Let's talk about beer. Let's start at the very beginning. Let's start with your very first beer, Eddie. Do you remember the first beer that you drank? Ooh, not craft, just any beer. Any beer. Uh, Heineken, and I was eight. <laughs> My father used to run this illegal underground domino game that I used to serve beer at with his friend. Like his, Really? Yeah, he would. it was all him and his friends and they would sit around smoking cigars and I would come by and bring them Heineken's. And then, you know, after, after a few trips back and forth, my dad's like, you want to try it? I'm like, yeah, Boop. It was like, gross. I hate it. Then I, you know, <laughs> he, I, I, I hated beer for a very long time because of that. Like I, that's mm -hmm. that first sip was disgusting. And it took me a while before I was like, you know what? Let me, I guess, whatever, let's have a beer with my friends and, um, I, I, but I went straight to booze as a teenager, oh, okay. you know, like I, I skipped beer and I went straight to booze as a teenager. So 
started breaking into my dad's uh bar and taking sips of like different boozes and then refilling the bottle with water so he wouldn't notice <laughs> and here he, here he is on you know on his nights that he's digging in there thinking that his tolerance is just getting that much stronger he's like man i'm really gonna stop buying this brand <laughs> <laughs> they've gone downhill ever since. <laughs> when you when you did return to beer what was that reason what 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 brought you back to beer um, the band, uh, being in a band, uh, honestly mm-hmm. meeting a bunch of dudes that, um, were, you know, all like-minded and we were just hanging out, making music and drinking and they were drinking shitty beers at the time. It was like oldie and, you know, King Cobra, whatever we can get our hands on at the time. Uh, but as the band started kind of maturing and touring and going around the U S we started discovering, uh, different beers and, you know, I think one of the first uh, craft beers that poked out was uh, Omegang Three Philosophers. That was like one of the first that hmm. I, I saw. I'm like, what the fuck is that? That's crazy. And it's really heavy. And like the mm-hmm. percentage is super high. Like Then uh, from there, just kind of, you know, Victory Golden Monkey. And oh, yeah. Go, I, I, Asheville was really like the peak of the, the craft beer for me because we were, that's where we just, you know, that's where I started drinking them. And yeah, coming back to Florida, uh, I remember. We saw on one of our tours in Tampa, we went to a bar and they had uh, Cigar City Hialeah. And I took a sip of that and the whole band, really, everybody fell in love. We're like, what the fuck? This is one of the best beers I've ever had. And um, then then it it became an obsession. That's when it it went from, you know, we're just a band drinking beers to, oh, wait, there's a whole culture here. There's a, you know, local scene. And it's like, it's almost like, it's almost like musicians, you know, they're, they're, doing these local shows and stuff and doing everything independently. And I just fell in love with the whole thing. Absolutely. And I I mispronounced high alive for quite some time. You're not alone, (laughs) dude. I I worked for cigar city for two something years. And and before that I was selling them as a distributor and every single time, can I get the Jialai or Mm -hmm. (laughs) to the point where it became a, it became a a beer. Like they did a jolly, jolly, jolly Ollie because that was one of the weirdest pronunciations we had heard. And we're just like, really? Who, how do you get to jolly Ollie? Like, (laughs) but I guess that's when, that's when my bassist gets really drunk. It becomes jolly Ollie. Yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) <laughs> no, <laughs> no, we all know he becomes Elo. Anyone that's listening Elo. understands that. <laughs> uh, this is great. This has got some monster haze. Going I see on. that. Um, super tropical. I'm going to open up this Mother Earth now with you and pour it into this awesome limited edition Mastodon McKellar glass. Hell yeah. That's a gorgeous, gorgeous haze there, too. Yeah, not bad, right? And, uh, you know, it has a little. Mastodon McKellar stuff on the back is pretty. Hey. Mosaic. That's like right out the bat. I like it. It's juicy. Pineapple. Pineapple y. This one was good too, by the way. I, I didn't say anything, but it's nice and tasty. Mosaic too, but more on the on the oniony side, and this one's more on the fruity side. Interesting. Very cool. Well, I got citrus, Simcoe, and mosaic going on in mine over here. Yeah. And I know probably somebody mosaic. somebody's listening going oniony. Like, yeah, there there's there's a little onion quality to mosaic hops, depending on how much they use. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's true. And I always say citrus. There's a farty quality. A far- <laughs> <laughs> That's why I chose citra as the hop of choice for my beer when, uh, at Cigar City. So uh, back in the days, I 
I sat around with Wayne Wombles, uh, who's our head brewer at Cigar City, and I uh, I told him like, look, we we have this beer that we did temporarily called uh, Hopped in the High Seas. Love it. And it it was a series where they were bringing, they were producing beer in Puerto Rico and like bringing it over in boats to to Florida, mm. just to get more production out of it and to you know provide them with work and stuff. And uh, they were hopping it while it was on the cruise ship, or what, really? not on the cruise ship, but whatever the ship. I'm I'm making up words. But yeah, they would hop it, and that's what it's called, hopped in the high seas, because they would hop it as it's coming over. And then um, we we did a series where like each one was a different hop, pale, you know, it was hopped in the high seas, citra, hopped in the high seas, mm. mosaic, whatever. And uh, I I I, was, I told Wayne, I'm like, dude, we need to make that beer here on a permanent basis and just do the citra one all the time. And so he was like, oh, that's a good idea. And we sat there and we went over different flavor profiles or whatever. And then uh, a bunch of emails back and forth with you know Joey Redner, the owner, and and Wayne, and Wayne, just like what what are we gonna do? What you know different flavor profiles, and then eventually trying to pick the name, which the original name was gonna be Libertad, which is freedom, but apparently we didn't know that uh, copyright kind of goes in l- different languages, so trade the we couldn't do it because of Anchor. Uh-huh. you know what I mean? And, and I was like, oh, that's that's weird. I guess it makes sense that you know copyright translates but yeah so when we had to go with something else i wanted to name it something cuban so guayabera ended up being the you know the uh, joey actually came up with the thought of having the shirt with the four beers uh you know four cans of beer on each pocket because there's four pockets so i was like oh that's a, that's a cool name and and you know we just went from there but the beer ended up becoming like their second best seller in, in the in the company it's insane that's all thanks to you because of your love no of the farts. i have nothing to do with it according to some folks <laughs> i'm not gonna drop any names some people are like oh you had nothing to do with it oh okay <laughs> all, right, all right i see you Let, let's let's dance into the soundtrack of your youth growing up in your parents or guardian's house what music was playing when you were not in control of the radio what music did your parents or guardians listen to uh it was a constant battle between my parents my, my mom and my dad and it was they, they they had a few things that they would listen to together, like the Bee Gees or the Boney M's, <laughs> a lot of disco. Uh, but my dad would also dabble in like the Led Zeppelin and the Pink Floyd. So, you know, I, I liked hanging out with my dad because he was obviously listening to Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd as opposed to, you know, I still like Boney M and Bee Gees. They're great. But I, I don't know. There was like a certain edge to listening to Led Zeppelin instead. And then uh, he also introduced me to, you know, like Phil Collins and. Uh, oh, yeah. Huey Lewis and the News and uh, Leonard Skinner and the uh, Steve Miller Band and just a bunch of other, you know, in Cuba, where he, he was from in, in Havana, he got arrested for listening to that music because apparently wow. it was illegal to listen to uh, American music because it was the the enemy. <laughs> mm-hmm. So he got, there could be like subliminal subliminal messages going right on. right yeah they're teaching our they're teaching these people about democracy how dare they and being free mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah that that slowly started evolving I you know the last thing I remember listening to with my father was Metallica uh, and that was me me introducing it to him uh, more than him showing it to me and we've always had that relationship like he and I are not really in great speaking terms like we talk but it, you know there's issues there but but we still the, the the one way we do communicate is that we keep sending each other music and he'll send oh, I love that. he'll email me he'll email me something like check this band out and it's like oh okay check this out and i re- you know reply with something else so 
Yeah, I, a lot of the classics, uh, and then I just started discovering like heavier metal as I went, you know, through high school, through my high school years, and 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 beyond. I love that. What what is the the most recent thing that your dad has sent you? Uh he he's he's into like uh, really like beach style. Um, I don't I don't even remember the name right now, but it, it's it's like a pop, it's pop music, but it's like beach pop music where it's just kind of relaxing. We're outside. There's like a like an R and B type beat behind it, and really nice melodic vocals. You know that he's he's living his dream right now out in Mexico, just living on the beach every uh-huh. every day. So like that's a perfect vibe for him musically. Uh, and then I, I'll I'll try and cater to that. Like okay, you like that? Try listening to the weekend. Here's this song and this song. Mm. And he was like, oh wow, this is really good. I'm like, there you go. So I, I you know I'll still try to. Every once in a while, I'll throw a heavy track in there, but he's like, that's too heavy for me, Em. I, I can't do it. <laughs> There's no more ballads in metal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you get, the deeper you get and the more, ner- the nerdier you get with metal, you know, you start seeing, because all my, my friends that don't listen to metal, they think it all sounds the same. It's all just white noise, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's yeah. a wall of distortion, so. Yeah. <laughs> It's crazy. There's a there's a finesse to it though. Yeah, there's there's layers, and I try to explain it to them. I'm like, come on, man. There's like classical music in there. Listen, yeah, yeah. just imagine the distortion is off, and listen to the notes, and they're like, no, it's classical music. I say it all the time. Yeah, it's it's the closest linked music to classical music for sure. How about those first shows? Do you remember the first show that you went to go see, Eddie? Yeah, I uh, um, I, I always tell I, I've I've said it before on the podcast, but like. Uh, Huey Lewis and the News in Vegas, I believe, was one of the first ones. And Steve Miller bands. Yeah. They did a killer set and then they did a, a encore set a cappella. It was insane. Oh. Yeah. I was a little kid, but my, you know, I was stoked because my dad would play, you know, Huey Lewis every day. So I it was like, Oh, those are the dudes that you play all the time. Like That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> so I remember being really stoked about that. And then uh I saw Pink Floyd in ninety two uh wow. Pulse tour, I think it was, in Jersey. I went to Woodstock in 94. That's badass. Yeah, and I was a little kid. I've just been lucky that yeah, you that's know, badass. I've been able to do all that crazy shit. Very, very cool. How about your first time on stage? My first time? Uh, shit. So right, after, right out of high school, I started doing like a garage band uh, covering Metallica songs. Mm-hmm. And and we would... That was, that was the first love. Yeah, yeah. And we would do just Metallica songs, no originals at all. And we would have people come over to the garage, just like, you know, 15, 20 people would show up and we would just play Metallica songs and everybody would just have a good time. And then that grew into Deftone songs and then uh, doing the same exact, same exact thing. Just people come over da da da. Uh, and then I joined a band. I joined this band called Stoma for a bit in Florida. It was kind of like a Mike Patton type project. Pretty cool. Weird sounds and keyboards and blatant rip off of uh mike patton <laughs> <laughs> what what yeah. what what mike patton like a mr bungle a tomahawk uh kind of a mix of bungle and tomahawk yeah and awesome. then um you know really silly lyrics sometimes like Ooh, ah, you know just making <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know i did that too right so uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh did that and the big like the first big band i would say i was in was dissever which in 2006 was like our first big show like we the, we got together and jammed for a while in the garage and stuff and then uh one dude approached me he's like who do you want to open for for your first tour and at the time i was like super obsessed with this band three 
Yeah, yeah, they rock. Yeah, and uh, I told him, like, if you can get the band three, that would be awesome. And he called, like, the next day, like, got him. I'm like, what? <laughs> so, uh, so we opened up for three in, in Miami at some, like, art gallery thing that was kind of weird, but it was incredible. And, we, and the show was packed by the time we played, and then when, by the time we were done, people started leaving, and three, mm. three played in front of, like, half an audience, which kind of pissed me off. I'm like, this, this was supposed to be their show that I'm <laughs> opening up. And so that that was the first time ever on like I, I would say official like stage opening up for a band you know that that I respected and uh, it just kind of grew from there with the Sever for ten years it was pretty fun. That's awesome. That's awesome. I thought you were going to say Churchill's. Churchill's. Uh, Churchill's ended up becoming <laughs> our home uh, after a while. You know, we did a few shows on our own here and there, but we we were like, this is it's the it's a piece of crap you know shithole but but it's our <laughs> shithole you know what i mean like that's our shithole and we we had a deal with the door guys where it was like you guys keep the bar money and and we'll take the door and they loved that deal because we would pack the house and everybody was alcoholics so and then you know it was beautiful because i was working with cigar city so we started i started doing shows that were act you know tap, tap takeovers so <laughs> that's so bad. I'd sell the I'd sell like ten kegs to Churchill's. We'll have a tap takeover, but then my band's playing in the background too. So just killer. It was fun, man. It was good times. That sounds like a good time. I want to be there now. <laughs> well, maybe not the bathroom situation. Maybe not, but <laughs> yeah, that bathroom is bad, dude. They filmed the porn in there. <laughs> no, yeah, you can look. Oh. You can look it up online. I'm not telling you to do it, but you know, if you look, <laughs> if you do it, you can Google Churchill's. <laughs> porn and you'll find it it's pretty rough I, I mean i broke the sink in there once uh by mistake but i was it was like right after a set i ran i felt like it was one of those extra intense sets where mm -hmm. as soon as the we were done i i felt like i was gonna puke and i couldn't breathe and i ran straight to the bathroom and i lean on the sink i'm like splashing water on my face and just just breaks right off into the ground. <laughs> I'm like, oh well, and just shooting water up. I'm like, yeah, cool. And I just went back outside and kept drinking. I didn't tell anybody. <laughs> like, I, I told like one of my bandmates, I'm like, I think I broke the sink in the bathroom. He's like, There's a sink in the bathroom. <laughs> I guess not anymore. So that's awesome. Let, let's talk about you know. RRBG podcast. Um, as I mentioned, you are like the first, one of the first people to do the beer and metal thing and interview format. How did this all start? Why do you have a podcast? Um, so uh, this was, this is an interesting one because I, I started it kind of as a joke. And uh, mm. my buddy Gasper and I, and my, my guitarist Brian, we were all drinking. You know, we would do these crazy bottle shares of drinking, like, you know, 20 beers a night it was just just to explore different flavors and whatever and gasper's like you know you've gotten this reputation because i would go to i would get hooked up with backstage uh tickets to go to shows because since i worked at the brewery i would always bring beer to the shows so i'll hit up you yeah. know dave witty from municipal waste and bring a couple cases of cigar city and just hang out backstage with him and it was awesome and I, I would, my buddy's like, you're the rock and roll beer guy. You go to sh you go to shows and you bring the beer. I'm like, okay, cool. That's funny. It's cheesy. Uh, and he's, and, but it's cute, I guess. <laughs> so I, I went with it and just uh, started started the pod. I've always had an interest in pod. I was a guest in a few of like my friends had podcasts. So I was like, let me be a guest. I'll just come shoot the shit. 
and I was a big fan of like Joe Rogan and, and all the other pioneers of, of podcasting and, you know, uh, Corolla and all them. And, uh, I, I had just, it was like the perfect timing. I had just, uh, met Adam D from kill switch and, uh, yeah. met him at cigar city during Hunapu day. And he, he was just there at the bar. Like it was the day before Hunapu. I'm sorry. But we were setting up for Hunapu Day. So I'm there busting my ass, carrying pieces of metal and setting up tents and all this shit. And as I'm going in and out of the, the tap room, I see Adam D at the bar. And I'm like, oh, shit, that's that's Adam D. And my boss is like, oh, we need to we still need tents six, seven and eight to be refilled with this, that and the other. And I'm like, give me one second. I'll be right back. And I just walked over to Adam. I'm like, are you Adam D? He's like, yeah, I'm like, I'm a big fan. He's like. You work here? I'm like, yep. He's like, I'm a big fan of you guys. I'm like, oh, great. Let's go to the brewery. I'll show you around. And took him to the back. I got in trouble because he was wearing flip flops. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> He's always wearing flip flops. Yeah. <laughs> and my boss is like, why is he flip flops? I'm like, I, I can't. You, you tell him to take him off. <laughs> you know what I mean? You go tell Adam D he can't wear his flip flops in here. I'm not doing that. At least, at least, at least he didn't have his cape. Right, right. So uh, we hung out, talked shit for a while, and, and drank, and, and then we uh, made a beer. I was like, hey, you guys should have a beer here. And I looked at my boss, and I'm like, can we make a beer happen? He's like, yeah, boom, let's do the beer. And for months and months, we talked about, you know, again, the same thing, profiling a beer and what we're going to do. It was originally going to be like pine needles and cranberries or some weird shit. Um, Jesus. It was going to be like Boston, I, I don't know. Uh, so we we went away from that and just made it an IPA and uh, a double IPA. Yeah. And Sounds like a better seller. Yeah. Like, you know, cranberry and pine needles might be a little hard to <laughs> convince people to jump into that. But um, yeah, so we did the beer and I, I that it, it all kind of clicked at that moment. I'm like, I'm making beer collabs. I have this cheesy name that kind of is cheesy enough to work. And I've always wanted to start a podcast, so I just went out and bought the equipment, and I called Adam. I'm like, Adam, you mind we announce the beer on my show? And he's like, oh, you have a show? That's so cool. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I have a show. <laughs> <laughs> Fake it. I, I had no show. It was, he was episode one. And, uh, I love that. Uh, you know, put it out into the world, and I, I just did it for to announce the beer mainly, and and then also to just to see. And it worked. And people loved it, and, you know, views blew up. And I'm like, oh, well, now i got to do a second one. <laughs> what do I do? And my, my boss at Cigar City is like, well, you know Dave Whitty. Get, 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 I knew you were going to say Dave that. Dave Whitty on. I'm like, oh, phew. all right. And I hit up Dave Whitty and boom, I got him. And the original idea was to have a show where we it was it was going to be a, a musician and a brewer. And it was going to be a three-way conversation. And it, the first couple episodes are that. It's it's Adam D and, and David Castro in episode one. And then Dave Whitty and Chris Bodges of uh, Three Floyds was episode two. And, and then it started getting way more difficult to coordinate, you know, a brewer and a, a musician, two people whose schedules are already crazy, um, to have time to sit together and talk. So I just kind of became like, you know what, Wh whoever can make it. So if it's just a brewer, then I'm talking to a brewer. And if I'm just talking to the musician, great. If I can do both, awesome. So um, so then it's, it just became that. Like, it'll be just musicians or just brewers. And then at one point, I just kind of like... I, I didn't want to pigeonhole the show. I, I felt like I, I was getting denials from people that I wanted to talk to just like, Hey, no, I don't drink beer. Sorry. And, uh, you, yeah. you know, uh, or, Hey, I'm not in a metal band or a rock band. I'm like, yeah, okay, that's fine. <laughs> I don't, I don't really care. I just want to talk to you. And so I decided to shorten the name. It used to just be rock and roll beer guy podcast. And I just shortened it to RRBG 
It's a little more vague. It still means the same thing, but it's not out there. The big problem was that a lot of the guests were having that if somebody Googles their name, now there's a, a, a Google search with their name and yeah. the word beer yeah. in it. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was kind of a problem. But yeah, I, I don't know. I've been very lucky to, you know, the, the success that the show's had, have people actually listen to it and care. Um, and then like brands started hitting me up to like promote on the show. I'm like, sure, send me your product. I'll, I don't care. Yeah. And what's it started off as just getting free stuff and talking about it on the show to people offering money. And I'm like, all right, well, shit, now I got to take this serious. If I'm getting paid, I got to up the production, up the, you know, the graphics or whatever, and can try to continue to have a quality of guests. Like, Oh yeah, you know, just to kind of keep the show interesting, because uh, you know people's attention span these days is hard to get. It's very quick and short, you know. Uh, so I have a lot of friends in smaller bands that'll hit me up, like, "Hey man, put me on the show." And I'm like, mm. "I want to, but that's not going to help mm. a, a, anyone." Like, <laughs> having you on the show is going to be just for us to have a conversation. Like, don't expect being on my show to blow up your band. It's not going to happen, you know. Mm absolutely i i can definitely definitely feel that part of this going on absolutely hey what's up fox and hops heads i just want to take a little moment about cryptopsy's upcoming tours that's right i'm talking about the scream of perseverance tour and our headliner dates that coincide with that tour called as summer burns the scream of perseverance tour is kicking off at the end of may and runs all the way until the end of june we are supporting the mighty death to all we are going all over the united states and we are hitting some of canada so excited to be honoring the legendary music of death alongside amazing musicians that performed on these albums even more stoked to be doing some headliner dates in some cities that I've actually never played in. If you are planning to come to any of these shows, you should definitely grab your tickets by going to voxandhops.com slash summer, and you will be able to grab all of your tickets there. That's voxandhops.com slash summer. Do it, people. Come hang out with me. Enjoy life, metal, and craft beer in your hometown. Come to a show. We're going to have a great time. Now, enough about all of that. Let's get back to the episode. So you just just got over the 200th episode so congrats on that it's it's a huge milestone it's it's very very you know a lot of work goes into making a podcast i know that so congrats on that uh you have a crazy roster just just huge stars and that's because you have that level of of quality that you're sticking to and that's amazing so so talk me through some of your best memories some of your favorite episodes in case any of my listeners would like to go back and explore those ones your favorites Ooh, I mean, even as far back as episode, I think is eight with Bron Daler uh, from Mastodon was was a per- particularly yeah. big one for me because I was huge like fanboy Punisher, Mastodon Punisher, you know, <laughs> and uh, having it, you know, Dave Woody actually hooked that one up. He texted Bron was like, yeah, do the show. I'm like, oh, and, and what's funny is when I started the show too, like my wife, was, uh, she's very supportive and she's like, make a list of the top five people you want on your show. And Braun was on the list. And, and with, you know, lo and behold, episode eight, which is like not that many in, I have, no, no. I have already marked one off the list. And it was like, whoa. And, and it ended up being really cool because Braun is a cool dude. So it, it was easy and fun and chatty. So that was a big one. 
uh, being invited to go hang out at, at, uh, at the Melvins with, with Buzz was an experience that I would recommend everybody listen to. It's, it's one of the episodes. Uh, hanging out with um, Jesse Hughes of Eagles of Death Metal was very, very, oh, yeah. very interesting. Because <laughs> we did that one in his house. And I uh, took cameras and well, my phone camera in his house, and and uh, it was he 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 went off for a good hour, and like midway through the episode, his uh, cat decides to jump on top of this PA speaker that he has in his living room for his karaoke uh, IG live streams, and just knocks this PA speaker into the TV, completely destroys the TV. <laughs> you hear everything explosion during the middle of the episode. And, uh, it, you know, I, at the moment, and I was, you know, uh, may or may not have been under the influence of, of uh, one of my sponsor's products, um, <laughs> Saints Joints. But, uh, yeah, I, I was smoking a joint. And when that happened, I had, like, a nervous breakdown. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, what do I do? Do I go help him? Do I go touch the cat? Like, what is this? And then, uh, is the cat okay? Yeah, is the cat fine? And then <laughs> I, you know, we, he went, cleaned up a little, and just sat right back down and jumped right back into it like nothing had happened. Oh, bro. <laughs> and I'm still sitting there like, what? And he's like, yeah, because I was saying this, that, and that. I'm like, oh, all right. So it gave me an opportunity to like start exploring more comedy into the show, and like I did a couple like editing bits where I added some text and some like you know a picture or something like oh we'll be right back you won't believe what happened, and <laughs> uh, and, and yeah I've been trying to do that more like maybe not during the episodes but I've been working a lot on like the my ads to make them not boring because that's my that's my oh yeah yeah, yeah. the yeah. least favorite thing for any podcast to me is to put up with those ads and I always skip them. But I've been trying. I've been trying real hard to like make them somewhat interesting so that people don't skip them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Yeah. You can't just read the text. You got to make it your own and then make it even special. Yeah. Just more special. Yeah, do, like I started doing bits with my wife now, so it's 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 interesting. I'm trying to really up the the sponsorship game. <laughs> awesome. Good for you. Good for you. Uh, how about an interview that got out of your hand? Something where you felt like you didn't have control anymore? An interview that you would like to redo? Um, Jesse Hughes of. I'm just kidding. <laughs> he kind of took. I would stop. Stop the cat. Yeah. No, he. You know, he kind of took that episode over. Like, and that's fine. I'm. I'm cool with that. Like, I. I like it when, like, I don't have to say anything because it's not about me. It's oh, not yeah. really about me. It's about the guest. So it's cool. I, I hate having to like come up with stuff. Like if there's a silence in an interaction, mm-hmm. uh, but I mean, I've had some that just didn't work out. Like I, I haven't even put them out. I did one with uh, comedian Brian Holtzman, who's a genius comedian. He is a legend of late night like comedy at the comedy store. It was a real honor to ha- have him say, "Sure, let's do the show." I'm like, "Oh, amazing!" And we, I call him for the, uh, the interview, and he's driving. And I'm like, hey, you want me to call you at another time? He's like, no, this is good. Go for it. I'm like, okay. And I keep asking him questions. He can't hear me. And he pulls over Mm. and he's like on his phone outside. And I don't know why he decided this, but he pulled over into like a dumpster area. So it's just dump trucks passing by, beeping. I'm just like, hey, Brian, how about we just do this another time, dude? That'd be fine. I'm good with it. Like. I love you. This is an honor, but holy shit. Um, <laughs> this is 
Yeah. It's total garbage. Yeah. <laughs> next to the dumpsters. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's definitely the worst of the of, of the ones. And then, you know, I mean, one that I'm still working on is is uh, DJ Lethal. I mean, when I got the opportunity to hang out with him, as I mentioned earlier, it was to do a podcast, and we did record a bunch of stuff, but. It was super, it was a really interesting situation because I showed up and I expected it to be like everything else I've done with other musicians where I show up and we sit down and we do the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And and then you can hang out afterwards. Sure. Yeah. So I get there and there's like a band making music. I'm not going to, guys, go ahead, do your thing. And I sit down and chill and then he comes out and we're chilling and, you know, hanging out smoking. He's like, you know, we'll get to it. Like, all right. And we I just hung out and eventually we sat down and recorded a little bit. And then halfway through, he's like, let's get in my car and let's go drive around. And I'll show you some cool shit. And I was like, yeah, that sounds awesome. And I, I filmed everything and, and rec- tried to record everything with my little recorder. Uh, but I still don't have like a full episode to yeah, put yeah. together. Uh, so it's hard to piece the piece that together. Yeah. So now I'm like, I'm trying to coordinate with him to do another, another, like let's get together for 30 minutes and get a get mm-hmm. an interview in and then i could piece all this stuff together and make a cool you know special edition episode or something um which is you know that that's ultimately my goal with the show is i want to i want to make a tv show and uh it, oh that'd be badass i have a pilot i filmed a pilot uh with Ale- really? alexis from um three teeth and uh we went to phantom carriage brewing and the, the concept was real simple just i meet up with alex at the brewery we go inside and meet up with the owner and, you know, get some cool shots of the brewery, get some shots of the beer pouring and the atmosphere and whatnot. And then we have the podcast, but on camera while we're drinking. And uh, it was, it was, you know, the pilot came out well, and but we were pitching it to uh, Food Network and yeah. they were kind of interested. And then all of a sudden pandemic hit. Oh. So now all that's on hold and I don't know what I'm doing anymore. <laughs> Which is exactly where I was going with, which was going to be, how much has it changed for the RRBG podcast throughout the pandemic? It's changed everything. Um, You know, as it used to just be audio, like now having the video component, now I feel an obligation that I need, like, it needs to be video now. And it needs to be, I need to up the quality. And and it's making me invest more into it. Like, all right, I I need the right technology. I need better computer and you know, better mics and I need a, you know, so it's, it's made me kind of, um, put, get my shit together really. And, you know, now I'm, now I'm just trying to figure out the balance of since we're doing it this way, it seems easier now to book more shows. And I'm still trying to find that balance of whether I've recorded too many episodes or I don't have enough episodes. And, you know, and then sometimes I'm like, well, now I'm going to have to start releasing them two a week because otherwise we're going to be talking about stuff that's two months old. You know, like it's, it's yep. weird. Yep. I always try to keep that evergreen question. Yes. Yeah. Nah, I'm not good at that. I've actually, <laughs> I, I'm honestly surprised at the success of the show because I don't, I, I do prep. Like I have notes for you right now in front of me, but I, I also don't want to make it sound like every interview that you've done. Like I don't, I don't No, No, of course not. I, I go out of my way to sit there a couple of days before the interview to try and, and listen to other people's interviews and try not to ask those questions. Cause I get it. It's the fucking press cycle. You put, you mm-hmm. put an album out and you're, you're doing a hundred of these 
and you're saying the same answer to all of them and and, and, and mm-hmm. very few people make an effort to kind of dig deeper or to have a conversation or to just mm-hmm. be kind of uh have a flow to it and i try that's that's my ambition for the show it's like i want that because my in my experience the the best moments i've had in my life are with musicians backstage at a show hanging out get, having a drink you know what i mean the show is great don't get me wrong <laughs> i'm a fan i want to see you guys perform that's great but the the afterhangs is to me that's where it's at that's where you get to know a person that's where you get to and and that's to me is the 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 most important factor for long, longevity in 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 a fan is like being able to connect on that level i get the the how can i explain this when i when they're my when i can make them my friends i want to support them more if that makes you oh, know yeah. what i mean oh yeah, yeah. so if, if it's like oh that band's cool but i don't know them and you know maybe i won't buy the vinyl because i'm kind of short on cash but if my buddies put out a new record i'm buying that record that day to support them so it, it's a super important part and I, and and it's not like i'm i wasn't the band that i was in didn't reach some kind of level that gives me this access you know because i get that question a lot like how do you know these people like i go to their shows and then i approach them that's it <laughs> that's all i did yeah. it's not that my band you don't have the roll the roller deck right my band wasn't so like, yeah we opened up we did some really good shows we opened up for static x we opened up for uh deicide we opened up for you know biohazard and animals as leaders and thrice like we have some shows that we opened up but we weren't it wasn't we were just the opening locals you know what i mean like it wasn't we weren't homies i just but when you see a person there you go and you talk to them and form a Being form a of, human. yeah like a human hey what's up how are you great cool yeah. you want a beer a drink you want something can i get you mm-hmm. something no and that's it and you know i i i tried to to express that to people as much as possible sometimes there is a balance between punishing oh yeah you know and please and, <laughs> And being a punisher is, is rough. And, and I know for a yeah. fact that I've definitely come off that way to some people, like so, to some musicians that I've approached. Because sometimes, I, you know, who knows? Maybe I punish uh, in, in, unintentionally. Uh, I know for sure I, f- I froze in front of uh, Adam Jones of Tool. Mm, yeah. I would too. Probably. Yeah, like <laughs> like I'm, I'm pretty cool with everybody I meet. But when I met Adam Jones, I froze. I, and I, it was beyond my control. Like I just kind of like, oh, shit. And it was one of those moments, like, oh, no. And uh, and then eventually, like, my wife pulled me aside. She's like, hey, relax. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. And I went back in and, and had a conversation with him. But it was, uh, you know, that's just got to find that balance, I think. And and that was the idea for my, my other show that I was going to do. I had another show that I was going to do pre-pandemic at the comedy store called Punisher Patrols. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And it was just going to be me uh, and me and my buddy Johnny were going to talk to uh musicians actors whoever has been you know and have them share stories of being punished their number their punisher yeah. <laughs> their punisher stories punisher stories oh i love this and uh and also like if they've punished somebody too you know which is cool yeah 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 because it happens yeah. right and then also the, it would be like a multiple segments it would be you know stories of punishing and and, and who you've punished then like a punisher 101 segment <laughs> where we would go over things like hey Right when you're about to approach your favorite guitar player with that burnt CD with the Sharpie, don't. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do that. Hey, man, I have, like, you got to listen to my band. Like, no, 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 no. Relax. If your favorite star is in the bathroom next to you, 
Don't talk don't to them. Don't look at their dicks. It doesn't work. <laughs> I love it. Uh, that initial list that your wife had you create of your five top guests, mm. uh, how many are left on that list? There's still a few, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, and and I, I'm, I'm afraid that I might never get to them, but uh, just because, you know, they're in the stratosphere. But uh, it's it's Trent Reznor, obviously, is number, number one on that list for me just because... He's the reason I make music, or I started making music, basically. Uh, so Trent Reznor is up there. Uh, Maynard James Keenan is up there. Uh, Chino Moreno of the Deftones is up there. And, uh, you know, it was Matt Braun from Mastodon. And I have Elon Musk on there, but... That's not going to happen either. <laughs> <laughs> That's a strong list. Yeah. I like it. I, I agree with the, with a lot of those. Uh, let's wrap this up with a classic Vox and Hops wrap-up question. Uh, it probably never happens to you because, you know, we're craft beer elitists and we know how to do this. But every now and then it happens to everyone. What is your hangover cure? Ooh. So my hangover cure actually starts while drinking. So as which is a brilliant one. Yeah, as a trained professional for 8 years <laughs> at Cigar City Brewing, uh Brown Distributing, Modern Times Beer, all these breweries I've worked for, I've learned to pick up tricks. Uh there's charcoal tablets during your drinking sessions. There's uh making sure you drink one glass of water every two beers. It's probably should be more than that, but that's that's my ratio. Um <laughs> so a glass of water every two beers and then in the morning uh when I wake up no questions asked. I uh, well, actually, sorry, my bad. Right before bed, uh, two ibuprofens with some water, and then when you wake up in the morning, you have a disgusting breakfast. Something really gross: eggs, bacon, or some kind of breakfast burrito, huevos rancheros, and it's and it's followed up by awful, awful bathroom visits. Um, but you get it all out. It's like a detox. You go and you eat all that awful food and you go to the bathroom and get it all out of you, including the alcohol, and you, you wake up like nothing. You go work out. Ladies and gentlemen, the master has spoken. <laughs> 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 the yeah. ultimate hangover cure. Yeah. I love it. And prevention. Prevention, prevention. and Prevention is the key, guys. <laughs> it's, it, if you have a hangover and you did nothing beforehand, it's too late. <laughs> You're fucked. It's too late. You're going to drink water all day and feel like shit all day. That's just... <laughs> Oh, Eddie, thank you so, so much for taking the time talking to me about your life, talking about some music, talking a lot about craft beer and podcasting. Um, this was a true pleasure. Uh, everybody, please get ready for part two of this, which is going to be on the RRBG podcast, where we flip the switch and Eddie's going to interview me, which I'm super stoked. Thank you, Eddie. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Thanks for having me on. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. Man, did Eddie have me laughing. Man, I was, <laughs> I don't think I've laughed this much during an episode in a long time. I had a blast, uh, but it's not over. There is a part two where we flip the switch and Eddie starts asking me some questions. And you can go listen to that right now via the link in the description of this podcast. 
or you can just simply search for the RRBG podcast on the podcast platform of your choice and listen to the second part of this episode. I had a blast connecting with Eddie. We have so much in common. He is hilarious. Uh, he's spoken to some amazing, amazing people in the world of beer and metal. Um, I am stoked that I had a chance to connect with him. Uh, I know that we're going to do more things together because we just hit it off and uh, we've been communicating since then. I'm very, very stoked to have met you, Eddie. If you enjoyed this Vox and Hops episode, you should sign up to the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast mailing list. You can do that on my website, voxandhops.com. That's V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S.com. And when you do that, you shall receive one email a week containing all of the details of everything that has happened throughout the past week in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, including all of the details for any episodes which I've dropped, if I have been a guest on someone else's podcast, as well as the updated links to the live interview Thirsty Thursday Virtual Hangs, which I am announcing right now, next Thursday is with Ken Sorceron of Abigail Williams. Ken is always a blast, and I'm very, very excited to talk to him because I know he's got a lot of stuff going on, and I'm stoked to ask him about that. You will also get the links to the Brutal Awakenings playlist, which is curated by my man, Jerry Monk, the metal architect himself, and is available on both Apple Music and Spotify. Do yourself a favor, sign up to the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast's mailing list because I don't want you to miss a single thing. The Vox and Hops Metal Podcast is brought to you by Sound Talent Media. I will be back next week with two episodes, but until then, please try to relax, enjoy your weekend, and remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hops heads. This is the story of Whitney Houston. This is the story of Kurt Cobain. Of George Michael, of Otis Redding, of Amy Winehouse, of Michael Hutchins, Bob Marley. This is the story of Prince. It's a new podcast series. About how they died, why they died, and why we're still talking about them so long after. It's like nothing you've ever heard before. It's storytelling. But it's more than that, because rock stars... They tell us how we feel. They change our mood. They change the clothes we wear, the people we hang out with. The way we remember things. It's them who give us those ludicrous moments, the ones where you're... Jumping around, singing your heart out, feeling understood. And it's those moments we'll help you remember, the ones you're thinking about right now. That feeling. That feeling. It's coming soon from Crowd Network. Just search for Death of a Rockstar on your podcast app. And subscribe now. <laughs>